0: Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Conversations in Black and White where we sit down and discuss race, politics, and current events. I'm your host Robert, with me is co-host EJ and this week we're going to be talking about race relations over the past we'll say 15 years. This came up because we had uh, or I should say I had found an interesting article from gallup it was a survey that asked would you say race relations between whites and blacks are very good somewhat good somewhat bad or very bad and it went from 2001 to 2016 so before we dive in ej you got anything you want to say Hello,
1: everyone. Again, this is EJ, the host. I'm with Robert, the co-host. You realize we'll just say this every time until Robert listens to me. I'm excited for this podcast. So before we get started, though, can you just define what does race relations mean to you,
0: Robert? Uh, Okay. So I'm assuming we're talking about how whites and blacks view their interactions with one another as groups overall. So when asked this question, now that is, I I will say that's a good question because surveys are notoriously difficult because depending upon who's asking and how they're asking, people give different answers. I think this one is actually a pretty good survey question. I think people can respond honestly and and have it be an interesting, uh, uh, interesting response. So diving into it, and for anyone wondering... We have a link in the description. You can go ahead and take a look at that. It goes into a lot more detail on, but we're going to start with the first uh, graph. So what happens is between 2001 and 2016, race relations between whites and blacks, or how they viewed them, went down. It was in 2001, 70% for blacks. In 2016, 49%. In 2001, it was 62% for whites, and in 2016, it's now 55%. They both have gone down. I'm going to state, I was not, when I first saw this, I was very shocked because I would have always assumed that blacks would view race relations as worse than whites, and in 2001, that is not the case. They actually flipped the next year in 2002, and they technically did flip in 2014 again between 2013 and 2015 so that all said the second thing that stood out to me EJ was that there were drops at specific points 2003 2000 and uh, looks like seven and then finally the 2013 to 15 it goes down and that, I I noticed, that corresponds with campaigns, uh, national campaigns typically. So I view this as a media-related issue, uh, traditional and social media-related issue. What's your opinion? So my opinion
1: would be that when it comes to race relations, some people could interpret this of – keeping in their own communities if they don't if they're not interacting or not learning about what's going on in other communities that could be why it was positive in 2001 to be more specific let's say you're in a black community 2001 you haven't really heard about anything that's changing in the white communities everything seems to be okay and maybe white people view that as well this is an assumption but with the increase in social media now communities are forced to interact with each other in ways where they were not previously. So preconceived notions and ideas about said what communities are now are now brought to the forefront of people's minds and they're able to notice whatever's going on in those different communities at a lot more prevalent pace and a lot more often, which could be the reason why they fluctuated so much from
0: those years. So I should say though that it fluctuated more between 2001 and 2008. It was fairly steady between 2008 and 2013. And that's and then it dropped both dramatically. That's when it, it, it they both dropped dramatically is after 2013. So to make sure I understand what you're saying when you say social media I'll get gives more exposure to people about news stories, current events, so on, and that causes and that's it, do you view that as a good thing?
1: I think it can be a good thing, but since we know the media doesn't always report stories in their entirety, it can make people use their preconceived notions to come to an opinion because they don't have the whole story and not make a, I wouldn't say a valid opinion, would not be able to
0: make a comprehensive opinion. Okay, so you, okay, I think I follow. So you're saying that early on, so back in 2001, if I assume, or we'll say if you assume that white people or Republicans, uh, here's a good generic one, Republicans don't care about black people. And now... With the age of social media, what that allows is that allows people who believe that to use news and events and cherry pick and use that and basically use that as as fodder for proving their assumptions. Yes. I do believe people do that. So it's causing people to be... So when you say they're getting more exposure to news and events, it's not necessarily they're getting more exposure, but they're able to interact with more stories to prove their point to to provide evidence for their own
1: assumptions. Right, which I don't think is the was the intent of social media, but I think that's where it has where it has led. Let me give an example. We know that in 2005, President Bush received a lot of negative criticisms stating that he did not allocate enough resources to Hurricane Katrina. And it made people from the black community think that he didn't value the, the people in Katrina because they were predominantly black. I don't believe that's true. But if you already have this preconceived notion about that, the media wrote articles and statements that could lead people to support that and there are let's say on the reverse if you're a white person and you see those news articles supported that it makes you can make them seem like well that's not true we all care about about everybody in the country and now i'm upset now this a race thing involved so it's causing more conflict mm-hmm. and arguments amongst the groups which could lead people to say that which could be a, a supportive evidence about why maybe the relationships have fluctuated
0: during those years okay I guess my can so what so if you think that social media is leading to people to view race relations as worse then I my question be trying to let me think how I can put this because, you say so oh yeah you th- you say social media is making relations worse yes
1: unintentionally
0: okay then my i think the question becomes if it's making it worse is it actually real because there has to be we have to admit that so on social media it's a virtual world so if race relations were better back in two thousand one, and both both sides viewed it as better, viewed it as better during the early two thousands, even though it fluctuated more in the early two thousands as opposed to the late now into the teens, it looks like social media creates this. It'll I I here's. Let me, I, I'm going to, I'm going to posit uh, a theory. I want to know if you agree or disagree and why. Okay. I think social media lowers the bar of necessary interaction. It, it lowers, it lowers the effort amount needed to show you care about something. So in 2001, if I wanted to show that I really cared about something, I had to actually go and do something. Like, I had to go get involved with an organization. I had to go and do something in the physical world. Social media allows you to tweet something, which is what, you know, which a lot of, at least conservatives, would say, th- this is what virtue signaling is. I am signaling that I really care about something. But all I've really done is typed less than 140 characters. Is that how many is on Twitter? Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. That's pretty impressive because I don't have Twitter. Yeah? Don't roll your eyes at me. So it's probably why you don't have a girlfriend either. Okay, that's just (laughs) not true at all. So social media allows, allows people to say, I really care about something. Tweet, you know, type a couple of words up, put it out there, and everyone can then say, oh, this person, you know, Robert really cares about this issue. When in reality, I haven't done anything. All I've said, it's, it's the equivalent of me laying on my bed in my room saying, man, I wish war would stop. And then suddenly everyone's like, well, well, that's a really good person, except it's, except I haven't done anything. It lowers the bar of what is necessary to create any, to, to show any, you know, actual, uh, belief. There's no sacrifice on my part. I think that that's what has allowed us to has allowed us to believe that race relations are actually worse than what they, they really truly should be considered because you can have people say, I'm outraged by this. I'm offended by this, but they don't, but either a, they probably don't care enough or they don't care about something because if they really did, tweeting about it isn't going to fix anything and they would know that and then they'd realize you know what maybe this isn't as big of a deal as i thought it was so for example uh let's take that starbucks incident that happened a while back if you didn't have social media you didn't have everyone charged up about oh this person was not allowed to use the bathroom because they didn't pay for something, and had the cops called on them, and everyone got to show their outrage if you didn't have social media and you read that, you could say, "Oh man, I'm outraged." but then you'd have to go, "Well, if I really was outraged, I'm gonna have to write a letter to to Starbucks, or I'm gonna have to actually get some more do some more work, maybe go buy." a couple of newspapers and follow this issue for a while to see whether or not my outrage is legitimate whereas now i can say i'm outraged and then a bunch of people can tell me and validate my feelings do you agree with that
1: before i answer i do want to say with my original comment about this social media with the I, I don't want people to think I think social media is a bad thing and I think that it has had some positive ways where it has connected people who would not work with each other so that should be discounted but I do think it does have an unintentional effect but back to your question I would actually say I agree with you I think that is I think that's pretty true and I think it it, it can work in the reverse where if you don't comment about something that could be important or offense to another person it shows that your lack of care when in all means, they could actually be doing something behind the scenes. For example, Beyonce doesn't quote or post when she donates things to the community. Like, she donated a lot of money to Flint. She doesn't post that stuff. So if you look at the comments, they say, oh, Beyonce doesn't care about black people because she hasn't donated anything about Flint and water when actually she actually has done it.
0: That's actually a really good point because that actually ties into how my feelings on, like, athletes nowadays that really annoy me because i I, no i agree i think you're completely right which is there's people giving like beyonce giving money to flint i didn't know that i think that's really interesting i think that's really cool i get annoyed when people do the opposite and they talk about oh this is really horrible it's like well or they promote oh this is how much money i'm giving to so-and-so charity i always think I don't need to know that. That's between you and, in my opinion. When it comes to charity, some... that's between you and God. But no, that's that's off. I, that's I going off topic, so I don't want to stay on there. That's. But probably... I'm saying maybe
1: some people. But that's why I feel like it goes back to it. Just all depends about your upbringing and what you would say your moral values is. That maybe some people who are telling people that they're donating is because they want other people to get involved
0: and donate as well. So yeah, no. So yeah, I, I, here's. So this is the thing though is and this is where the survey becomes interesting when you talk about race relations it your first question becomes really interesting or becomes really important now because there's a question of are race relations the perception or the reality because if we're both we both seem to kind of agree that the perception is what's worse but the reality is it probably hasn't changed like the day-to-day life if if for example if you i'm saying you as you know ej representative of black community as a representation if if the black community believes now in uh systematic race that you know racism is inherent in all institutions but in 2001 they said even with that our relations between between the relations between whites and blacks are 70 70 percent of people said it was good of people surveying of blacks said it was good, and they, if they believed it then, that system that institutionalized racism, whatever existed then, and now they're saying, Well, it still exists, it's always existed, but our relations are worse. The perception is race relations are worse, but the reality is, Well, even with all those factors, you believed it was better before. So, the real relations between whites and blacks probably are the same, maybe better, maybe slightly worse, but 20% seems a very large amount. So it seems almost as if the real race race relations on a daily day, day-to-day, interactive, real-life basis, when you're actually out in the world, you're going to work, you're going, you know, getting coffee in the morning, whatever, those are probably, I would argue, probably about the same as they were in 2001. Maybe better. I would. I argue better. The perception is that they're worse. Would you agree or disagree?
1: Uh, that's a good question. Because think, what what are your thoughts about this? So those people in two thousand one who believe in that systematic racism, maybe there an assumption would be that okay, well, this is how as best as it's going to get. So I'm 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 just okay with that. But then when you have the media exposure to other story, other articles of incidents that occurred that shows that that may not be the case that can cause people to pay focus more attention on it, of that oh it's not going in the direction that i thought it was going to go these things are still happening
0: elaborate that a little, a little bit do you so do you mean that those that people see um news and events that is reinforcing their belief that their assumptions you know 10 15 years ago were true and so because they're seeing more evidence of those assumptions that they are now believing relations to be worse
1: I think I think that's what I'm saying okay but I had another point too but also then on the the other side is Are if the race race relations we know are better than they were fifty years ago. Agreed. That's a fact. So you no one can say that they're they're not better. So also in two thousand one, do we know if those people are just still comparing that feeling to how it used to be?
0: It's a, yeah. It's a good question. So, I I don't know if these are. I would, I would assume it's the same – roughly the same population that they're asking these questions on rather than getting new people every year. But I would actually have to see all of the specific – and spend the time to see the specific data.
1: See, and I, we don't know that. So that's also n- another reason. Also, I think – you're right. I, th- I do think that perception does make people think things differently. Mm-hmm. Because you, no If anyone were to argue that race relations are worse than they were fifty years ago, they would be a fool. That's not the case. So, I think it goes back to my original question: Like, what does it? What does race relations truly mean? does it mean that your interactions with everyday people is better. Because in my mind, I would say I still have very similar incidences happen to me, but I would say overall, they are better because. I'm not paying attention to them as much. Let me be more specific. So, I was at the Verizon store a couple weeks ago with another black person to get my phone, and this Caucasian woman had her purse out on the, like right in front of her on the table, but it wasn't like on her hand. And I I walked right there to talk to the guy, and as soon as I walked past, she snatched her purse up and, and grabbed it. So, a few, like maybe like 10 years ago, I would have been really upset about that. And I would have like caused the ruckus in my mind or with my friends. But now that stuff has happened to me before. But I'm in a better position in my career. I'm I know that those things are not going to change. Even though I, I have a great job, I can't I can't focus on that. I'm not going to let this one person distract me from all the people that I interact with, like you and stuff, who
0: don't make me feel that way. But
1: that still happened.
0: Okay, does that make sense? It it does. I have two questions okay. on that. Uh, as I knew you would. The first one is, do you have those incidents you say that the same incidents occur? Does it happen as much?
1: Well, I'm, I I don't know if I, it doesn't happen as much because I'm living in a different
0: place. Okay, so the free, so it's it's changed in frequency. Yeah, it has changed in frequency. So that would lead me to believe that you would view race relations as better or would you not? I would
1: say race relations are better in Arizona than they are in North Carolina.
0: Okay. Okay, location is a legitimate factor as well um I, actually
1: let's talk about that i think that's very important let me tell you why i think that okay in north carolina we know that there's a history of segregation they still have like involuntary involuntary segregation there in arizona there oh, let me go back to that because you got a face yeah um when i will say voluntary involuntary segregation would be wait which is the one that they do on purpose voluntary
0: uh, involuntary would involuntary. be would be government. Uh, so like segregation back, so segregation like Jim Crow laws. That's involuntary okay. segregation. So it's forced would, forced segregation would be
1: like in North Carolina. There's a, a very disparity between ch- mixing of churches with races, like with not racist people like racist. Like they have a lot of predominantly black churches. Mm-hmm. They have a lot of predominantly white churches. Yeah, that's because of the history. I don't think people are actively not going to that church. But that's just how it's always been. In Arizona, first, the population of black people is less significant than North Carolina. Two, I believe that the racial tensions in Arizona is more focused with Latino Americans than it is with African Americans. So by that logic, I believe that my experiences are better because I'm not the main focal point of people's preconceived notions.
0: Okay. Okay, because then then I that comes to the question of, so you believe that due to location and to frequency, race relations are better. on on your on a personal level for me with black and yeah, white. yeah on, on know, a personal yeah. level, I I would argue you can make would if you were still in North Carolina, do you think they would still be better? Better than where they used to be, or better than yes, better than two thousand one. Or we'll even say 2008. I would
1: say they would be about the same as they
0: were earlier. Okay, about the same. Okay. I I would – I mean 10 years is not a long time Right, when we're talking about – And there's so
1: much history and stuff in North Carolina. I don't – it's going to take a long time for that yeah. stuff is
0: – Yeah, I understand that. So it comes down to- –
1: Because – wait. I- with that poll then, Robert, I wonder if – that's another factor. So in 2001, where did they serve? Where were the people from where they surveyed?
0: Yeah, I, I would assume that uh, my assumption is that it's going to be a national base. That's that is the problem is you don't always get to see I know, right. the details, which is unfortunate. But do you
1: think, though, Robert, that could be a reason?
0: I, I definitely think that could be a, a good reason. Um, I can understand why I, I understand why people dislike the Confederate flag. I don't really have an affinity for it. And I don't like I don't get Wait, the idea of flying. you can? I don't think you ever said that. Yeah, I don't. I don't understand why people would. Let me put it this way: um, it, it would. It sometimes. Robert, that might be the
1: most liberal thing you've ever said. Can you just say one more time? What? Did you say you can understand why people don't like the Confederate flag?
0: I don't like the Confederate flag. I think that's stupid. That, and you that can understand why it.
1: people don't like it.
0: Yeah. Huh? That's not. I don't think that's liberal. I think I, that's I, a pretty I conservative. Think that's, thing. I think that's. Oh, Robert J. Norman, don't you dare say that. That's, <laughs> that's not my middle initial that is not even close to my middle initial you, you could have said like robert for norman and that probably would have been closer to a middle i just initial. think of you as a robert j norman yeah it's definitely not um i conservative i didn't say yeah i, I would argue conservative that's a conservative position oh yeah, for sure so so <laughs> that's gonna. That's completely. Oh, that's a side, That's a, down another. Oh, we, that's we down gotta, a rabbit we gotta hole. gotta bring that um, topic up. <laughs> All right. That's that's a rabbit hole. Okay. So save
1: that argument.
0: <laughs> okay. So I look at. I think that's really. That's a really interesting. I didn't think about the geography point, which does make a big difference. And I've you're I know I've lived in Florida, and so I've been able to firsthand kind of you know see North Florida. And I'll give you. And that's kind of where you're like, yeah, I guess that is a factor.
1: I'll give you praise, Robert. I would normally have not thought about that, but you make me challenge these because you say the new medias are biased. So you make me challenge these type of things.
0: I guess my question then becomes because if we both view social media as a contributing factor, a large contributing factor of people's perceptions of race relations, then there's an issue with that. Now, my argument would be it's not just social media. I've seen. And this is kind of my annoyance is media in general is very partisan because the people who follow news, especially traditional news, are not the, are not people who are going to be, they're the people who are more passionate about that. So for example, to to kind of make sure I explain this out, CNN is very, very liberal. It's liberal because they find that more people are going to be watching. And if more people watch, they make more money. And at the end of the day, no matter what you say, their, go- their whole point, being in business, is to make money. And making more money is not bad. It's just you have to accept that. And I know that a lot of conservatives hate CNN, not because they are liberal, But because they are liberal, but then they try to play off as being very uh, neutral on their news. And then you can see surveys where it says CNN has more negative news about Donald Trump than MSNBC, which says that they're a liberal network. And I know conservatives go, that's ridiculous. Like, that's not acceptable. So they view, that's where the whole, like, media, like, hatred from the right comes from, is you say you're being neutral. You're a neutral party. You're just being a journalist. No, you're not. You're being partisan and you are partisan. And then you trying to say that we're the ones who are being partisan is just bullcrap. Like, yeah, we had to make a partisan news to try to offset that. That's how a lot of conservatives, a lot of Republicans view Fox News. Fox News is partisan. They're a conservative news network. But I would completely easily make the argument CNN is a liberal news network. And that's fine. I'm happy for that. But I think that added with social media, that's where you go, okay, this, there's, you have people who are arguing their points of views and then they're using sources to try to back up their, their, you know, using as their evidence. I mean, personally, I don't have social media. I don't have it for a lot of reasons. I never really understood it in the first place. Like the interest, it doesn't interest me too much. I pretty much have Facebook, So I can say yes to whether I'm going to play basketball on Saturday with my friends. And that's it. Like, if we didn't use that, I'd be totally fine with not using it. I don't use Twitter. Don't use Instagram. Don't use, I don't know, Snapgram. What is it, Snapchat? Snapchat. There you go. I think that, and I don't expect other people to change their lives and to not use them now. But the question does become, If social media is not a positive factor and it's creating partisanship and it's causing the media to fragment politically and become more polarized, then even if the perception of race relations are worse than before, is there any way to reverse that? Is there any desire to reverse that? Like if you had the option, let's let me make an assumption and then ask ask you a question do you think that the that race relations should be better whether perceived or perceived do you think it would be it, that would be the the good the end goal is to have race relations be better
1: oh yeah that would be my okay. end
0: goal yeah if you were king for a day you could just lay down one law, say this is what we're going to do, and everyone has to follow it. And we're going to have the government, like it's with the force of the government, so it's the proper use of force. If you don't do it, we'll throw you in jail, whatever. What would you decree to try to that to try to make race relations better?
1: I would make people, I would make families adopt another kid for a day of a different race for a day. Okay, for uh, maybe six months.
0: I mean, that's still that, – okay, I didn't expect that. that sorry. That's Sorry, that still seems crazy to me. But okay, so you would make people adopt a kid of a different race from America or In America, just...
1: all in America, maybe different social economic backgrounds to really try to understand each other's perspectives and then go – then see if that changes either sides of life. Let me explain let me explain how I know that can be inf- impactful so my parent I grew up in the military, so mm-hmm. I definitely have been exposed to a lot of different races and was lucky enough not to have to be exposed to a lot of different families but my friends have predominantly been multiracial in all different groups but when I moved to North Carolina and my parents got divorced, I interacted with a lot more white america because that was where my high school it wasn't as diverse and i got to go to i got to invite on a ski trip mm-hmm. stereotypically african-americans don't ski yeah i don't under uh, they just don't and i'd never really even thought of it but i actually got to experience it. i didn't like it but it's more than just skiing it was like fun hanging out at the cabin it was even though i didn't actually go down the slopes i was just a part of something different it exposed me to a different thing and now i like cabins i understand why people take the family trips it just it just opened my thought process to a different perspective and i okay. think more people need more of those
0: okay interesting i don't i i i i think that's i don't know necessarily if your decree would be uh, no granted it's a decree i think that would be a lot of unintended intended consequences that wouldn't be good so that's fine but okay so that's – so you think that there should be more daily, real-life interaction between uh, between whites and blacks? Yes. Okay.
1: I, I th- and it, it's so important because honestly I think that – because I believe people are inherently good – that people at the core want the best a majority want the best for each other, but they, they just don't understand where people are coming from with my example of with my example, with the Verizon story, Robert, I'm telling you that that's how I felt that that lady mm-hmm. grabbed the words that way. I'm just honestly, you can argue that, well, Eddie, you don't know if that's the case. You're right. I don't, I don't know if that's why she did it, but I'm telling you that, you know, me, I'm a pretty good person. So, you know, I wouldn't have stole a purse, but I'm telling you, this is how I feel. Are you? Do you understand the perspective that I'm bringing and why I felt that way? And it, and it's I'm not. If I if I give you that argument and you just take a step back, it's like you know, Eddie, I, I don't want you to assume this worse. But I can understand from just knowing you as a person, from things that happen in the world, why you would think that way. This lets me to know why you make that decision. So then maybe that's a effort or conscious effort I can make. To try to make that change.
0: No, understandable. Now, here's, I will say on this situation. I knew you were going to, I knew you would. Here's, here's <laughs> if that happened to me, I wouldn't think anything about race. Right. I would think, A, because here, and here's a question I'll posit to you. Do you think she clutched it out of fear or out of, oh, I'm being rude? Out of fear. Really? Mm hmm okay because normally i would react with okay there's two two reasons for most likely i'm being rude because i would assume that's what i if i had you know uh my wallet out probably not wallet if i had my phone out i wouldn't think someone's going to come and snatch it necessarily i would assume oh i'm being rude because i'm using more space than i really should and this person next to me needs that room for whatever issue they have so i would grab it quickly now granted, I would normally say sorry or excuse me. But then also, I would I would assume that if, a, if that happened to a woman next to me, I would think maybe they have maybe this happened to them previously. So they're just reacting based off of what happened, you know, before in their life. And that's not a reflection on me. It's just, you know, circumstances. So that's that's kind of and I don't want to go down too deep into that because I know we've kind of done an episode on this, uh, and we'll probably we can do something on another episode. I guess my question my question is actually this because I thought I thought it was interesting that when I boiled down your your you know kingly decree, it eliminated social media. It wasn't. It it was. It was about interaction on a real life basis. Right? You know that's. So it's not about necessarily conversations, uh, because conversation you can have just over social media. So it's it's a little bit different. And I shouldn't yeah. say that, but there is there is a different type of you you treat people differently when you have to look at them in the face. Yes. Some some people I should say I know some people who don't, especially when it comes to you know topics of race relations or politics, and that's actually a little testy but i do think it's interesting that you're talking about day to day. So here's my second question though. Do you read the news? Yep. Okay. How do you get your news? Um i have an app. Okay. What's what's the app? I
1: have a BBC app and then i have an app with my iPhone that gives me the top stories of things that i find important.
0: Okay. So you don't you don't have anything. So so you basically just get headlines. And then you, f- and then if you see the headlines, you just kind of read them if you- they interest you. Well, I
1: yeah, I, I yeah, that's fine. But I actively go and search things. Um, so do you think like, that's healthy? Um, I don't know if I would say it's healthy. Okay, so you, because well, it
0: can like it could be a,
1: a your, it could definitely affect your mental game if all you're seeing are like the biggest things that go in the world. Both.
0: Okay, that's so I I, I don't I mean it a little bit differently, okay. but that's. Because but I, I don't
1: just. I, are you thinking that I just only focus on the headline stories and not other type of stories?
0: Because I'm. Yes and no. I so my question is. You don't pay for any any oh, news no, sources. I don't. So you you it's all just through viewership. So technically, you're paying it through your your, through what ads they give. Correct. You. Do you think that that's a good thing, or a bad thing?
1: I think it's a good thing because it it's better than not reading anything at
0: all. But the ads that you're, yes and okay, I I can see that. I will I will say this: there is a I don't know. Remember who said it, but there is a good saying of: if you don't read the news, you're uninformed. If you do read the news, you're misinformed. So my my question is more: the advertisements you're getting on all on those things, they're going to be on any of those sites. They're going probably geared towards more liberal th- liberal things for you
1: yes because the majority of my news outlets are liberal even though i do have some
0: conservative ones that's how i keep up with you for these podcasts okay what are your conservative ones um now i'm assuming you're getting this through the news app yes you use? okay okay
1: so i have a fox news one then i have a real clear politics that some
0: young man introduced me to uh, yes i'll i'll take that credit you're welcome Okay, those are two, the two? Yeah, those okay, are the two that's I can fine. right now. Alright. Interesting.
1: And so, BBC, I would say, is uh, impartial news on uh, American
0: politics. Oh, I would actually say more liberal on American politics. Really? I don't think so. I, I most people don't realize this, but Europe doesn't understand American politics. Because you have to think of it this way. When you think of conservatives. So what conservatism in Europe is very different from conservatism in America because conservatism in Europe originally it was founded upon the people who were the conservatives were the people who wanted to uphold tradition except tradition there is a king whereas tradition here is no king is it literally get rid of the king. So when people talk about conservatism in America it's very much a a decentralized power Whereas it's not necess- it might be more, so, a little bit more so now in Europe, but that means that that's because they've taken more of a vein from America than anything else. That's why like in the far, you see in Europe, the far right is kind of, is a little bit different. Like we try, they, tr- people try to c- try to think like they think conservatism in America is the same as in Europe and they, they really don't connect. There's, we can, I can go in much deeper on maybe another episode. Yes. I don't want to do it now because I think we should, I think this is a good place to wrap up. okay It's gonna be a little bit shorter this week, but I thought that was really I, I'm glad we got on the same page because it was it's interesting to, to that we both recognize there's probably a difference between the perception of race relations and what might be objective reality or daily life between race relations.
1: Before you end, I do want to ask you a question though. Sure. What about with my decree that I said, you said there were unintended consequences. I guess talk a brief about those and then do you not think that could be a good idea?
0: Well, I just think that what you're talking about is voluntary. The decree would make it involuntary. I think you just can't, I think you can't assume that something that happens voluntarily in your life effectively translates when you make it involuntary and force people to do it because there are going to be certain people who think this is stupid i'm not invested they're not going to be sitting there going they're not going to want to do it so i think whenever you try to force someone and expect the same impact or the same thing but the, the same outcomes as if it was voluntary take charity for example that people who say oh i think the government should do should take care of poor people well That's because they're assuming that if the government takes care of poor people, it will have the same exact impact as if it was done voluntarily through people giving of charity. I think assuming that is a really bad idea because if a great perfect example, if you tell me to do if my dad tells me to do something, I'm not going to want to do it. If my dad, de- I I can even know what my dad is saying. I should go do, is a really good idea. It's a, I in fact, if he hadn't told me, I would go do it. But the minute that he tells me to do it, I'm not doing it. Like no. I'm I'm stub I'm very stubborn, and I can be very rebellious in that regard. I think that goes for everyone. You have See- certain people who who will say who will tell you to do something, and you'll be like no. Don't tell me how to live my life. Let me let that that and brings. Sorry. So I think that's the key. Is you can get that a lot with that's how I think how conservatives view the government, especially with things like social welfare programs. They say, because conservatives, it is patently true, give more than liberals, both time and money toward to charities. So they look at the government and say, wait. Y- who, who are the people giving my money? I don't care about that. I can do that on my own. Don't tell me how, to, how I should be spending my money. Even if they're going to give it to the same things, conservatives will say, at least I have more control of knowing how I'm helping that person. And if I'm not helping that person, I'm not going to give it in the same way. I'm going to find a better organization or so on. Whereas they look at the government and say, you're going to fo- tell me how much I need to give to the poor. I don't like, who says, you know, one, don't tell me how to live my life. But two, I don't trust you to do it in the right way. And if you don't do it in the right way or it's not as effective as it sh- as I think it should be, yeah, I'm not going to be able to change it. You're going to continue doing however you want. So they, there's a very antagonistic uh, fight in between that. I think that works on a personal level. I think it works on a on a kind of a political societal uh, level or group level is the word I was looking for.
1: See, Rob, I, th- I have a couple of different opinions. So in my mind – first of uh, the one that you said about forcing people to like donate the people who are receiving it at the end of the day do you think they care like it doesn't matter like they're still they're still being benefited so would you say that with the decree that i established you're right there are going to be some people that say this stupid but would you not say there's going to be more people that are going to just give it a chance and try it where they may not have ever done it
0: all right no here's my answer but then we're gonna wrap up no because
1: i know i got two more points to say. here let All me right, finish so point. second your point points. is that you say that you don't like when people tell you what to do but that could be just your upbringing me from a military f- point of view upbringing if you told me to do something i'm i, I didn't i don't think oh, no, no, question.
0: no 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 it, it's not if people tell me what to do it's if my dad tells me what to do right i'm sure if he ever listens to this he's gonna be like what on earth like what is good because well, here's Rob, the thing like if my, dad, though, but- if my dad if my dad tells me to mow the lawn i'm gonna mow the lawn my dad tells me uh, you should go on a date, yeah, no, that's a per. If my dad tells me, hey, Rob, that's a really cute girl. You should go ask her out. No, no. Don't tell me what to do. If I'm going to, I'm going to ask her out if I want to ask her out and you telling me I'm now going to want to do the opposite. Like if my dad gets on my case about dating, nope. Just I I brush it off I ignore it. And See not, I'm the difference. And it's,
1: it's, if my parents some do that I would I would have to yes. do it because just the way we the way we live. So do you think that people like when you said the Republicans don't like for people to tell you tell them their money? Do you not think the government's like hey? But there are some chance where some people may not want to donate so, their money. So, so this is why we like force people to do it so at least we know that we're still getting our outcome because the government's outcome is to
0: get the money for the people not how they get it right no so here's the th- here so here's the thing and it- this is good all right i'm making this point and then i'm gonna wrap okay. up so what's the per- so here's a question if if uh if the government fixes poverty you know we fixed it there's no more poverty what happens to the people in charge of uh medicare in the government So so let's say uh, the government fixes poverty and we don't need social welfare program anymore. What happens to the people in charge of Medicare who run the program in the government?
1: They never have any jobs.
0: Exactly. So what's their real incentive? It's not necessarily to continue poverty, but they're going to then have to justify why they're needed still. Because no one wants to lose their job over it. I worked myself out of a job. Looking back, I, I look back and go, you know what? I wouldn't have been laid off if I hadn't been as effective. I doesn't give it doesn't give me an incentive to be as to be as effective. Now, on a more on an ethical standpoint, I will still put my hundred you know put my complete effort into you know being as efficient and making you know the companies whatever company I'm with better. But I that's that's a that's a separate thing. The second point is this. So uh, I'll go into a specific. I look at Medicare uh, or, or a, a social welfare program. You get a certain amount of money from the government if you make under a certain amount. So you're not incentivized to work because if you work and you make $20,000, so let's say it's, we'll say $20,000, you make $10,000, the government gives you uh, $10,000 to reach 20,000 if you make 20,000 though the government subsidy goes away so why would you work to make 20,000 you're not cuz then you're making 25 but then you're not making if i had a system that i could set up and control i would say listen i know you work really hard cuz i know you as an individual i'm going to here's some charity we're going to set it up and if you make 20,000 then you get uh, additional so if you make 10,000 you get 10,000 you make 20,000 you get 9000. You make 25000, you get 8000. So the more money you make, the more money you earn, the more money you'll you'll make. It's just going to go down at a lesser rate. Government doesn't do that necessarily, at least not effectively. If they have a program that does do it. So I see that as yes, as an individual, I would rather have more control over that because I think that's because if it's not working, I can change it. So I view it as very different things. And I don't, I don't think that you can say, oh, people running this are going to want to eliminate poverty because of altruism. Sure, they're altruistic, but if they lose their jobs, what are they going to do? Then you have some selfishness in there. And whether or not they intend it, the unintended consequences are always there. That's why we call them unintended consequences. So regardless, that's way off topic a little bit, but want to thank everyone for sticking with us. We are, are ending a little bit early this week. Please subscribe. You can subscribe through Apple iTunes or the Apple uh, podcast app, any podcast app you're using. We'd love to hear any feedback from you. That's all for this week. You can follow us on Instagram.
1: Instagram at Conversations and And check us out on our next episode where we talk about Nike and Colin Kaepernick. As always, talk to you all later. Have a good day.
0: Kaepernick. Bye, everyone.